This is episode 425 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, My Fear of an EMP Motivated My Prepping. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Everyone, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like to get some more information, click the link in the show notes or come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. You know, we have a lot of things coming up in the near future, and there's a lot of things I want to tell you about and share with you. One of those things is what's coming up October 18th. It's Thursday, October 18th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to have a Facebook Live with Gay Levy, of formerly of Backdoor Survival, and now she's retired and she runs her uh, her uh, other website is strategiclivingblog.net, and she's been really big in the essential oils uh, side of things, you know, and and it really does. Uh, mean a lot to preppers. There's a lot of information there that we really can benefit from for a time when we are not going to have doctors and times when we need essential oils to help us get through. And there's just, there's so many things that people don't realize that essential oils can help with. And so I asked her if she would come on the Facebook live and would share some of her insights into essential oils. And uh, so I'm very excited about that. I even set up an event from the Prepper website Facebook page. And so I've linked to that in the show notes. So you can go over there and you can click on the going or interested uh, button. And that way you can stay up to date whenever there is a new development on that event because I'm, I'm posting things there. I'm letting people know what's going on and uh, giving people more information, getting them ready. And so again, like I said, I'm very excited about this. I hope you can join us on Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And, uh, you know, just go over, click on that event and, and click on the thing that you're interested in or you're going or, or whatever that is, you know, however that looks on your end. I know it looks a little bit different on my end, but uh, I think it's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of information that you're going to want to know. Um, you know, I've been talking about essential oils in my own personal life here. We have some, uh, there's some uh, women at the church who are pregnant and they can't take, uh, you know, with the allergies down here in the Houston area, uh, it's, it's bad, right? And they can't take any of the normal things that you would take for allergies. But there's an essential oil blend that we, we pretty much live by down here. And they can use that. That is healthy. That's, that's good enough. And I've been diffusing that at work as well. And it's been very beneficial. You know, sometimes I go to work with a headache, with a sinus pressure headache, and I start diffusing that uh, allergy blend. It's called LLP. And it, uh, it, it, my headache goes away. It's, it's pretty amazing. And after a while, you don't even smell the essential oil. Although the essential oil is not, it's not one of those nasty smelling. There are some that are just kind of like, ah, it kind of sits with you all day long. But then there are some that, you know what, you don't, they're, they're very clean smells or maybe they're a little spicy, uh, smell and you don't mind smelling something like that. So I hope that you will have the chance to come on over to Facebook and click on the going link or interested link so that you can get some more information about it because I'm very, very excited about what Gay is going to be talking about. And so uh, hopefully you will be as well. 
All right, so today's article comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. And the title of the article, again, is My Fear of an EMP Motivated My Prepping. And this is very interesting. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things, it really strikes a chord with me. Because when I got into preparedness, um, I, you know, I don't even know if I've really fully told my story on, on the podcast before. Maybe I'll do that one day. Uh, but uh, I, I got into it not really coming from you know the preparedness standpoint. I really felt the Lord was leading me into it. But then I started to read some of the books. And the first couple of books that I read were all EMP books. And uh, I got to tell you, it scared the crap out of me. And so for a while there, I was in a little daze because I went from reading like one second after to lights out. And it was, you know, one EMP book after another. And, you know, when you're talking about those types of things, it's, it just really starts to get you thinking. And a lot of people go there as well. And they, they get into prepping because of that fear. And then, you know, they start to plan a little bit more. They start to look at things a little bit more. They start to read some different people that are out there, uh, you know, different articles and websites that are out there in the, in the preparedness community. And they start to get a little bit more balanced approach. You know, there's still people that focus a lot on EMP. There's still people that focus on this or that or whatever. But you know, eventually, I think that if you if you stay in preparedness and you are listening to podcasts and you are reading, uh, you know, books and you are active in preparedness, that eventually you come to this balanced approach. And really, that's where we should all be because the the preparedness that we do, or at least our plans, the things that we start putting into action should really come from a planning perspective. And that needs to be first in, in anything. So if Someone was new to preparedness, and you might be new, you might have just found our podcast, and welcome if that's the case, but the best way into preparedness is to start planning and breaking it down as far as where you need to go and what are my needs and, and moving from there. When we plan for one big specific thing, then you know our, our attention is on that one thing, and we might miss out on some of the basic things that we really truly need to have because our attention is focused on this big thing. And so when Salty is writing this, or I'm actually going to be reading this, um, he is coming from this, hey, EMP is what kind of got him started, and it's kind of always there, and he talks a little bit about why that is. And so I think it's a great article where we can move forward and explore all of the preparedness from here. So let's go ahead and start reading. I fear the USA being hit by an electromagnetic pulse or EMP. That fear motivated me to start prepping years ago and it's still something that motivates me today. The word fear is one that most of us shy away from using about ourselves. For social and psychological reasons, it's a powerful word with very negative vibes around it when talking about ourselves. We hide behind synonyms when talking about what we are afraid of because it sounds better or makes us feel stronger about ourselves. Angst, anxiety, concern, dismay, doubt, dread, panic, suspicion, unease, worry. All of these words are very perfectly comfortable pinning on our own emotions. But fear? No. Fear is something that other people do, not us. I fear an EMP though, seriously. No other word really describes both my thoughts and my feelings around the subject. Why? Because it's the fastest man-made way that we can go from the world that we know right now, right to the end of the world as we know it, land. It's how we get from just another Sunday to Mad Max overnight. 
The thrust of this article isn't really about EMPs, but rather it's about how the fear of an EMP motivates me and how fear of an event like an EMP can be used for good in your life and your prepping. Still, we had better touch on what an EMP is and what it would do to society as we know it. An EMP is basically a short burst of intense energy that fries electronics and man-made electrical systems. EMPs can be man-made or natural. An example of a man-made EMP is if a nuclear bomb is exploded high above the ground in the upper atmosphere, that blast sends out an EMP that kills electronics. A natural EMP is something such as a massive solar storm. The fear I have is that an EMP, no matter how it is caused, will wipe out the modern electrical grid and transportation system. Since we now live in a world where most people don't live where the food is, that people will go hungry and thirsty after the water system breaks down and frankly start massive social disruptions that include murder, oppression, pretty much all things Mad Max. So there is a podcast here that uh, Salty and Spice have put out. And uh, so you can go listen to uh, the Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You podcast if you like. And so there is a link on this episode here. This whole risk analysis thing you've been talking about here at 3BY makes you wonder how likely one of these events are. The answer is, well, it's hard to tell, but one of them happened within the last 200 years. Back in 1859, telegraph services were a fairly new thing, but they were in wide enough use to show how dangerous an EMP could be to a society that depends upon electricity. A solar storm, popularly referred to as the Carrington event, hit the earth and caused massive damage and disruption of the telegraph services. There was so much energy floating around in the atmosphere, telegraph operators actually unplugged their systems from the batteries that ran them and powered the telegraph lines simply from the ambient electricity. That's a new one on me, guys. I never, I, I don't remember hearing that one. I, I might have. It's been a, you know, uh, sometimes it's like I, I forget all the things that I've read by now, but uh, it's just, it's, there's been a lot. But uh, I, I don't remember reading that aspect of it. I know that the lines were fried. Some of the lines were fried and need to be, needed to be replaced. But I didn't realize that batteries were unplugged and they could run the lines and their, their telegraph from just the ambient energy. That's pretty crazy. All right, continuing on. Those early telegraph systems were crude. And other than wrecking batteries, they were not sophisticated enough to really be damaged by that massive discharge of solar energy. Had something like the Carrington event storm hit the earth before 1859? Nobody knows. Why? Because there was nothing electronic to be affected by any previous solar storms. What we do know is that it did happen once though, and that there's no reason to believe it was a one-off event. There's nothing productive about sitting around being afraid of something. Sure, I'm afraid of what would happen to society if we get hit by an EMP, but that fear only does me harm unless I choose to use the fear to motivate me to start to limit the damage to my and my loved one's lives that an EMP would cause. When I really stopped and thought about my EMP fear, I said to myself, Self, if you see a disruption of the food supply coming from an EMP, then you had better both stockpile some food and start to grow your own. Self, if you think that society may break down into lawlessness, then you had better start figuring out how to protect yourself and your family. Self, if you think that resources such as medical help may become scarce, 
then you had better start collecting up medical supplies and, more importantly, learning how to use them. All of these things and more I started to do because I recognized and confronted my fear of an EMP. Now, let me just stop there for a second. You know, this this thing, this uh, uh, this interaction here, I guess this this discussion with his self that Salty is writing about, a lot of the times we don't do that. We're not very reflective. Um, our lives are so fast-paced. You know, in education, it's one of the big things that we talk about when we do a lesson. We're supposed to provide a lesson to the students and then reflect on if it was successful or not. The problem is, is that we're so fast-paced that we don't have time to reflect. But when we're able to truly reflect and spend a little bit of time struggling with our concerns and struggling with the things that are important to us or the things that are rattling up there in our head, then we can come up with some logical solutions. We can come up with some some things that we can do to help mitigate those things. And so when he was talking about he wanted to mitigate the issues that an EMP would cause for himself and for his family, you know, that's the kind of discussion that we need to be having with ourselves, you know, and that's the kind of discussion that uh, if your spouse is open to open to prepping or if your kids are open to prepping, maybe that's one of the discussions that you're you're able to have. Hey, guys, let's talk about what it might look like if this happened. And this is just a scenario. We're just talking. But what could that happen? Now, again, you need to know your kids. You need to know your spouse. Some people, I know that I have talked to some people before and they cannot even go there because they're like, Todd, if I go there, if I start talking about it, if I start thinking about it, then I, I won't be able to sleep. It'll just, it'll engulf my mind and my fears and I just, I just don't want to go there. So I understand that. And I, I do think that that's a sad place to be in though, because then you are not helping yourself. You're not helping your family. You're, you're saying you, you rather not think about it now and suffer the consequences later on. But if we can struggle with this now and we can kind of, you know, massage these things that are going on in our, our brains and these questions that we might have, we can come up with some answers to problems that we might face and they might be easy solutions. So I like that that uh, paragraph there where he just kind of showed that he was talking to himself there. It probably didn't go exactly like that, but something similar. You know, we should have those conversations with ourselves. All right, so let me go ahead and continue on. One of the really, really good side effects of prepping for an EMP is that the scale of the disaster that an EMP would cause is so widespread, it leads me into prepping pretty much across the board. The preps that I do to reduce the effects of an EMP are almost universally useful if other stuff hits the fan situation arises. Food stored for an emergency or an EMP emergency can be eaten if there's a weather emergency or social chaos, if we are isolated because of a pandemic, if there's a catastrophic income loss by the family, etc. Guns that we have for self-protection from EMP-induced social chaos are again useful for all of the above-mentioned SHTF situations as well. Sometimes we are reminded that we need other specific preps that have nothing to do with preparing for an EMP. Both Paranoid Prepper and I realize this following the latest Ebola scare, and we talk about that here and here. So there's some uh, links there that you can click on. EMPs are pretty widespread, but other prepping situations also need to stay on the radar, including pandemic, earthquakes, tornadoes, etc. I've talked about it before, but I'll mention again that I have an entirely unreasonable fear of being swept away in the middle of the night by a catastrophic dam failure flood. We've all heard of people being killed when a dam gives way, 
Salty, so why is this such an unreasonable fear? Well, because I don't live below a dam. I live on high ground. Even though there's a pretty good sized dam only about three miles from me, I live above the water level of the lake. And whatever else weird we have going on in the old USA right now, the fact that water still flows downhill hasn't changed. Many people would say most things we preppers fear are unreasonable. These are the people who don't have three days worth of supplies in their pantry, who don't have any spare gasoline stored, who don't have a secondary way of heating their houses in the winter, and who are what we preppers know as sheeple. Because of my EMP fear, we have way, way, way more than three days worth of food. We have spare gasoline. We have a secondary way of heating our house that requires no electricity, etc. They may think my EMP fear is unreasonable, but here's what I know. If the huge ice storm hits, if the flu gets so bad that everything public is shut down, if social unrest occurs, I'm set. It doesn't matter what causes the disruption. And at the point where they happen, it doesn't matter what caused me to start prepping either. It just matters that we are sitting there set and ready no matter what. All right. So, and there are other uh, articles here, fear, a tool we are manipulated with that you can link to and you can click on if you're interested in it. You know, there are some comments here and there's uh, actually three that I want to read. Uh, and I think they're, you know, one of the, the first one is a lot of the times you'll hear this in the preparedness community. And this is one reason why people like kind of poo poo the whole EMP thing. And so just let me go ahead and read this comment. It says possibilities of EMP are very low, CME could be any time, but still low risk as it's rare. Yes, rare. One bad occurrence is recorded in history. Several small time events in known history. Any state actors doing this know they will poison the entire world and possibly cause human extinction through rad poisoning through multiple power plant meltdowns. All right, there's a little bit more to this comment, but I want to just stop really quick here and address that last sentence. He does say any state actors, and a lot of people will say that an EMP would have to come from a state, you know, a big state, a big nation who has that technology uh, availability or whatever. But let's just say that a terrorist does get that. You know, when the nuclear, the Cold War was going on, the United States and Russia understood mutual uh, destruction, right? They understood that if one of them fired off nukes, the other one would fire off nukes and it would completely destroy the world. Everyone knew that. So everyone was good with, okay, hey, we've got these nuclear weapons, but we're not going to use them. It's kind of like we realize the the power behind it and we don't ever want to do that. But there's people that are terrorists that are extreme in their thinking that are okay with destroying the world because they believe their radicalization in their mind allows them to believe that they're going to go to heaven and to, you know, if they create all this destruction, because it's either convert to my religion or you, you, you know, you're going to die. And if, you know, we blow up the world, that's fine. I'm going up to heaven and I'm going to have all these virgins and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have a problem with, with destroying, with causing nuclear meltdowns and things like that. So that's a fear that if a, a terrorism organization or if a nation went started going, you know, really uh, extreme, you know, that's one reason why they don't want Iran to have nuclear weapons. I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty scary idea there. It's a scary thought there because they're there. They would be OK with setting the world on fire because, you know, they know that their next thing in their mind is, is that they're going to be up in heaven. And, uh, you know, I just 
so I have a problem when people like, no, people don't really want to kill each other off like that. There are some groups that do. All right. So I know I just kind of went really long on that one, but let me continue on with this comment. The lone terrorist would be unable to cause widespread damage. So no big issue there. I feel this is a false fear option, not a reality. If that's what you need for motivation, you have problems. All right, so Salty responded to it, and so I want to go ahead and read that one. I use EMP and CME rather interchangeably since they have similar effects. The Carrington event was a CME. We have no idea how rare they are because we haven't had any way to monitor them before the middle 1800s. They may happen every couple hundred years, or they may happen every 500,000 years. Are they low probability events? Well, EMP is, yes. CME? Nobody really knows how low or high the probability is. I've heard lots of opinions and guesses, but the evidence that supports those opinions is not in any way compelling or convincing. I don't sit around worrying about EMPs, but I did first get started thinking about prepping because of them, and I use them as a benchmark because prepping for an EMP is also prepping for most other SHTF scenarios. Well, then Spice uh, commented on, on this one as well, and I really like her comment. As for my own part, I don't worry about EMPs or nuclear war or comet impacts or super volcanoes. Low probability events are not something I stress over. I do prepare for them though. Why? As Salty says, most preps are multi-purpose. The issue is cumulative risk. Do I think any one of these things above will happen in my lifetime? No. Do I think something that seriously disturbs normal life has a decent probability of happening in my lifetime? Yes. I look back at history and see it happen to a whole lot of people, although what the it was varied greatly. I prep because periodic disasters have been a frequent part of human existence and I don't imagine we're immune. And I prep because disasters that come one family or small region at a time are very common and already have affected me and the preps help. All right. So really like that response there. And again, you know, when you begin to start prepping and, you know, if you use EMP or you use whatever, you know, you use there as your gauge or your benchmark, like Salty was talking about, then, you know, you have that and you just begin to prep. Like I said, I believe that eventually if you stay into preparedness and you get past your little freak out moment, which I think everybody has, and you start to read and you start to research and you start to learn and you start to, you know, get skills. I, I really do believe that you become more balanced in the way that you start to think and the way that you start to see things. But, you know, I really do like that idea that, that uh, Spice was saying is that there are disruptions that happen. I mean, look at what's going on with all of these hurricanes. And man, I'll tell you the, the pictures. If you haven't seen the video from Mexico Beach, they are apocalyptic. I was going to say catastrophic. They are actually apocalyptic. I mean, that whole area is gone. I mean, unless people go and they rebuild there, I mean, it's it's not livable. There's just no way. You can't live there. It is crazy. And that's just on the beach. You know, that's what I've seen. I can't even imagine what, you know, you go further in inland and that storm moves so fast. They said that this storm, I was, re I was watching uh, John Haller's uh, prophecy update. And this storm was equal in the rage of, or in the, I guess, in the, the power to Maria that happened last year. And it's only, so they were, they were tied. And the only one that was bigger that hit the United States was Andrew, Hurricane Andrew. 
So there was a lot of force on this one. Thank goodness it moved very quickly. So it wasn't able to linger and continue doing damage. It would have been probably even worse. Um, but man, it's still, there is a lot of devastation. I know at this point there's 11 people dead and there are, uh, you know, they expect that to, to go on to climb and, and there's to be more. And so, you know, you have that people are still getting over Florence. There's always, you know, forest fires that are happening, things that are going on and earthquakes and man, there's all kinds of things that are going on. And so it's, you know, you can be prepared for those things and it's smart to be prepared, not to mention the fact that then, you know what? tomorrow somebody that you know could possibly lose their job and if they had food storage and they had you know they have uh, a little bit of cash reserves put back because they believed in prepping well then their family is not going to feel it as much as hey oh my gosh here we are i lost my job and we're living paycheck to paycheck and then what are we going to do and you think about fear right that is true fear losing your house and losing, you know, losing what, what you know and, and all, all those things and having to look at your family and having to look at your kids and say, you know what, we're going to have to go in and move in with someone or we're going to have to, you know, leave this and leave your friends and leave your school and all those types of things. And so prepping, there are so many positive things to prepping. And so if it takes you to look at an EMP and start from there and, and begin to, you're prepping, fine, do that. If you start from, hey, I just want to mitigate any kind of uh, danger to my family because of a hurricane or because of a job loss or whatever, then start there. But start, right? Start somewhere and make sure that you you come from an area of planning. And, and part of that, again, like I said, you'd start to develop a more balanced approach. The longer you are in preparedness, the more that you know. You know, that's why you know, Prepper website and the articles that are posted there are so powerful. This podcast, I believe in this. I know there's a lot of you that you don't have the time to listen to art or to read articles. So you're listening to this podcast. And so awesome. But even with that time that, you know, you're, you're so busy, you got to take time to prep. You got to take time to plan some things out and put some things in place for you and your family. That's just smart. It's smart to do that. So guys, this is over at Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. I'm going to link to it in the show notes like always. So you can go and you can uh, read it for yourself. You can click on some of the links that they have here. Maybe go read some of the other comments. And, uh, you know, just just uh, let them know that you appreciate them, that they allow me to read their articles on Prepper Website Podcast. And that's for anybody, any of the articles that I read. Guys, don't forget about the essential oils. Uh, I'm going to continue talking about that until we get to to Thursday. But hey, don't forget to uh, to go and to click on the link and just say, hey, you're going. Just really quick, jump over to Facebook, do that really quickly. And that way you can be updated on what's going on because I'm sharing out articles and other things that might be of interest to you. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 425. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes and would love to see you over in our Facebook group. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.